This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Ready! World! World class! Do not scratch your eyes! This is the beautiful game described by two ugly gentlemen. Glory to Columbus! Who are probably sitting at a soccer bar near you. McBride's in the box. A hard cross. McBride scores! It's 3-0 United States! Welcome to Bone and Bean United. Happy Soccer Podcast Day. What is up? I'm Bone. And I am Beam. Many things to get to in the world of soccer. We have concluded the English Premier League season, so we will discuss that. Decision Day has come and gone in many European leagues, so we can discuss a few of those. Uh, we have a little bit of movement in the coaching world in the world of the English Premier League. There is a new man mm. who's an old man. Yeah. But a young a new, man. A young man who's not a... He's not a new man, but he's young, but you know his name at a big club that sucked this year. Anyway, we'll get to That's Chelsea. It's in the same city as an, another team that he formerly coached, which also sucked this year. Also sucked this year. Yeah, it's it's a whole – we'll get to Ponch at Chelsea. We'll do that at some point. <laughs> uh, there is this little bit of the FA Cup final with mm. Brandon Beam's Manchester United team still having something to play for. Look at you. Anthony Martial pulling his hamstring while Eric Ten Hag was giving his – Season ending speech to mm. Old Trafford. Yeah, that's that's great. That's what you want to have happen. Mm. Uh, and uh, also, there's a new head coach again for the U.S. Men's National Team. Well, you know what? Let's let's start there because here's the deal. Just rip the scab right off, man. Here's the deal, kiddos. Um, when you're listening to this podcast, if you're listening to it as a podcast, you very likely are listening to it after the crew have already played their midweek game. They play uh, Wednesday, which is the day we are recording this podcast. Uh, against Colorado, the Crapids, as I like to call mm-hmm. them. No idea if that joke lands or not, because I don't know what happened in that game. Colorado may have come here and smack the crew four to nothing. Right. I have no idea. But the problem is the way this all works, we have to record it now because if we don't, we're going to be at the Memorial Tournament all weekend. We're not going to be able to record a podcast for you. This has to go on the radio Who on Saturday. To, it was a good idea to put us on a radio show. <laughs> I don't know. We should, probably should have said no. But we didn't, and so here we are. Anyway, so the radio version of the podcast has to go on. And so thus, instead of waiting for this to all end, and then we could talk about it. Anyway, you're going to hear this before the crew game on Saturday on the radio, if that's how you're listening to us. We recorded this before whatever happened on Wednesday. So that's why we're not going to touch a ton on the crew. However, I will say this. Saturday, not a great result. The only thing I will tell about the Saturday game was this past weekend I was at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway for the, for the, you know, Indy 500. And after the game, me and my buddies Elliot and Dan, we went out to eat after the race, after the game, after the race, and that was Sunday night. That was when the crew were getting ready to play in Nashville. Mm-hmm. And so we took an iPad into a Portillo's. Nice. Like the Chicago dog uh, place. Uh, I'm aware. But Did you get any other chocolate cake? I got the lemon cake, okay. which was excellent. I didn't I do the chocolate cake. I haven't but had the lemon cake. I've had the chocolate cake before. It's first class. So it was the lemon cake. It was fantastic. Had Italian beef because that's... Mm. Way to go. Actually, it was an Italian beef the, and do, sausage. 
oh, it was the combo then. Yeah. Do and you I, do you like the do you like like the jardinier they put on it? I don't do the jardinier, okay. but I did get it wet, like yeah, extremely with the gravy. Yes. But we were watching the crew game on an iPad in that Portillo's. And so I we're we're sitting there talking and I'm just happened to glance at the screen and I see what I had to remind myself was a crew player because of course I saw a bright yellow team running backwards and not defending their goal well. And I thought, uh-oh, that's the crew. And then I realized, no, it's Nashville. Yeah. And it was Yo-Yo Boa's brilliant goal. <laughs> and we're in this Portillo is like Damn, losing our minds. Damn, that strike. Yeah. Hit so, it with first class. Yeah. And then I'm like, wait, that's our guys. That's that's Yoboa. That's awesome. So what a goal from him. Uh, and then the rest of the game can go to hell. But anyway, so that was that's the only th- crew thing I really have for you this Defending week. set pieces. That was this <sighs> week's. Soup du jour. And every week, yeah. it seems to be a thing that we don't do very well. It's almost like trading away the captain of your team and your best defense, one of your best defensive players on a team that has a lot of defensive player injured wasn't the best strategy before the start of the season. Where's but- your panic meter uh, at right now? Because we talked to, on our radio show earlier this week, we talked to your play-by-play man, Chris Doran, mm-hmm. uh, on our show. And I said, Chris, there's a, like I kind of phrased it this way, like six weeks ago, this team was flying high. They were scoring five goals a game. Their defense looked pretty good. Like they were playing with a lot of confidence. And now past three games, you lost the U.S. Open Cup and the to the Riverhounds. You lost back-to-back games in MLS. You're on a three-game losing streak. Like there's a juxtaposition somewhere with me that the real crew is. I'm just not sure exactly like where it's at. Right. Um, I'm, I'm at a panic level of, and I'm, I know this is going to sound weird. I'm at a panic level of like, Five mm-hmm. out of ten, meaning where would you have been last year? Oh, much higher. Yeah, I would have been like a seven or eight. And the reason is because I know this roster is not getting younger. I, well, it is because you have a lot of young players right now. But you have a, your star players that you brought in, you paid a lot of money for. They're not getting any younger. Um, you need Cucho to score goals, not just assist on goals, which is great. But we need some more goals as well from him. Uh, but this this. I would be more panicked if it wasn't a new coach and a new system. Yeah. If it wasn't a new manager, uh, you know, MLS season is long. Uh, it is it is something that we've talked about often on this show that can't get too high early on in the season when they go out on the three or four game win streak. You can't get too low when they go on a four or five game, you know, winless streak in the middle of the summer. Not in the middle of the summer, but getting hope, close. I know. Hopefully what you do now is you start to see some progress over these next few weeks. And you start to build off progress by July. And then by August, you're playing more reasonable, sound defensive soccer. Maybe you're getting some ties out of losses. Maybe you're getting some wins out of ties. And then by September, hopefully you're rounding into the, all right, this is the playoff version of the crew now. Mm-hmm. And they're actually in the playoffs and they're actually doing things. And that's that's where I'm I'm still reserving. I'm not panicked yet. Only because I feel like transfer window could change a lot. Uh, if that was if if we get through the transfer window and you don't see a lot of major changes, then it's big time. Panic. Then I'm then I'm huge, yeah. bigly panicked, as uh, Bo Bishop likes to say. So, yeah, I my panic level will continue to you know be based off of the results we see, and the results have not been great of late. I just wasn't as high back when everybody you know when they scored those six goals against Atlanta, you and I said, like "Hey, me riding the roller coaster." <laughs> right. I was saying like, yeah. let's just remember that this is an Atlanta team that didn't have all their star power, and who did the crew. It was a weird game. And then they had the, what was it, like 17 game goals in the first six games or something yeah. crazy? Like, I said, all right, that's a good sign, but I don't know that that's built to last yet because this isn't really, the league's going to adjust to this system. They're going to adjust to Wilfried Nancy, what he's doing on the field with his, you know, tactics. 
now the crew have to adjust again and the players have to continue to learn to play. You were doing some of that with some of your star players injured. So they weren't playing in the system. So they weren't learning to play in the system. So I feel like that's going to take time. And then again, as I'm saying that we could have three guys injured out of this game on Wednesday that are now not going to be factoring, but whatever. I don't know. I'm just telling you, uh, it, I'm not ready to panic just yet. I panic and I celebrate with every win or loss. Yes. That's just the way that I fan. You are at the disco. Yes. You are panicking I'm... at that said disco. <laughs> yes. Yes, that's I what, am. That's, that's fine. So where's mm-hmm. your panic level? Like an eight, nine? Yeah. But realistically, it's like a three. <laughs> well, right. I mean, that's what it should. It should be like, let's give it some time. Let's make sure. I mean, I was so confident that the crew were going to lose that game in Nashville. It was crazy. Like, even when oh. they went up 1-0, I'm like, there's just a 0% chance that they're going to hold on to That's That's what made me so frustrated with the yeah. U.S. Open Cup stuff yeah. was that why why did you keep everyone back there when you know Nashville's just going to probably be a meat grinder and you're not going to win that game? Why why do it there? Yeah. Why not at, bring at, your full side to go play in Pittsburgh and then see what happens? I'm at a, Yeah, I'm at a three or four. Again, I and I've got – if you look at the track record, and I know it's short for Wilfrey Nazi – like, look at Montreal the same time last year, and then look where they were at at the end of the year. Now, if we're doing this kind of same death spiral here in six weeks' time, then I think that's a different conversation for a different day. But as of right now, bad transfer window in January, yeah. injuries, and your $10 million man assisting on balls, which is nice, but not putting the ball in the back of the net, like, those are your three big problems. Yeah, I think so. I think that's easy, easily prescribed. Now it's the remedy that we've got to figure out. Try to figure out what to do next. Big Jason Mraz guy. <laughs> sure. Like that. Good. Um, so what do we what do we want to do? Do we have time to switch over to US men's national team? Talk a little bit of that before We've got we four minutes. All right, let's get into Anthony Hudson because this is uh not gonna be your men's national team coach any longer. Anthony Hudson, the interim coach, has announced that he is leaving his role, presumably to go take a job elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh he's departing to take a head coaching role in the Middle East, it says. Uh, that's uh, according could to be ESPN. coaching Ronaldo could be could be coaching him could be coaching Messi for all we know who knows although and Kareem Benzema yeah right everybody they're just all going to the Middle East could be coaching against them at the very least um, so in his place now is U.S. men's national team assistant B.J. Callaghan or uh, some might call him Callahan mm-hmm. I had a friend whose name was Hannah Callahan and she always called herself whenever people asked her name Callaghan. oh Hannah Callaghan and then she would <laughs> spell it that way so anyway, yeah, uh, B.J. Callahan is your new interim to the interim head coach. Yeah. Second interim. All that, in the meantime, while Greg Berhalter is just apparently out of a job. Well, I, here's what I read this as. I read this as Berhalter was not going to get the job again. Maybe they, they can say it was he's clear to be hired, but maybe U.S. soccer is just like, this is too much drama. We don't want to bother. doesn't mean it's illegal or bad to hire you. We're just not going to. Yeah. And then I do honestly think there is something to all those Jesse Marsh rumors. I think they had told Anthony Hudson, we're going to have a deal done probably a week or two ago. And Anthony Hudson said, cool, well, then I'll be looking for work. So I'm going to go ahead and start finding that work. And, oh, look, I found work. And he found work. And he's just like, all right, guys, this is going to need to be announced soon. And then they said, oh, 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 hey, snag. Oops, hold on. It's not done. the Gold Cup and Nations League. Well, no, I don't even mean that. I, I mean, I think they... I think that the opportunity probably came up and then they were probably thinking, let's go try to get Jesse Marsh. And then maybe something has just snagged. And so then they tried to kind of strong arm Anthony Hudson and say, Hey, we need you to wait till after the gold cup. And he's like, no, it's not going to happen. I'm taking my job. I know you're going to hire someone who's going to fire me. So no, 
Good, so that's, good for him. <laughs> yeah, he's got to do what he's got to do, right? right? So B.J. Callahan had, you know, he said all the right things. He said our, our objective is to defend our CONCACAF titles. Yay. Defend it, our land. Which one are they in? The League's Cup yeah, or the Nations, Nations Cup? Nations League. Nations League. That's it. And, which then, I don't... and then the Gold Cup, too. All right. I've said this before. I will say this again. I don't understand the Nations League. I don't we either. are a show that has prided ourselves when anybody gets confused about soccer in Europe and yeah. midweek competitions and all the FA Cups different from the Premier League and the Champions League's its whole thing. I'm pretty good at identifying and understanding different competitions in the game of soccer. Yeah, I have no idea what the Nations League is for and what I, it's good yeah. for, other than a money grab by federations. Well, that's that that you've ex- you understand it perfectly. That's exactly <laughs> what it is. It and and that's what I feel like as soccer fans, we need to stop apologizing for FIFA's weirdness that makes the game less accessible to average sports fans. Mm-hmm. So when someone comes up to you and says, "What's this League's Cup?" anyway, be like, "I don't know, man. It's stupid." You don't have to defend it. Right. You don't have to say, "Oh, well, technically it's a transfer." Blah, blah, blah. No, no, it's stupid. It's a stupid thing. The Gold Cup, you could argue, is kind of pointless, but at least there's that's our version essentially of the Euros, yeah. but not really because it's played every I don't whatever. It's kind of a big whatever. It's kind of a big deal. I guess if you want to make that a bigger deal, fine. I don't feel like it's as big of a deal as say, you know, the Euros when they play that. Mm-hmm. But whatever. I'd still like the US to win it. But leagues or Nations Cup because League's Cup is the thing that we're doing with Mexico <laughs> with the crew and all of MLS. I can't keep it straight. It's too many things. We have too many things going on. Yeah. So I don't I don't really care. The, the Gold Cup being defended or not, sure, I'd like that to happen, but U.S. soccer's head coaching situation is in complete disarray. So I don't have any faith in this organization getting it together in time to win a gold cup or to put things together. Now I know Mexico's also had their issues. I know some of the other CONCACAF teams have as well, but well, here's my, here's my question. If it was such a big priority, don't you think that the U S Federation in itself would have said, we need our head coach yeah. that is going to be here in th- well, now three years time yeah. coaching this team. We want to get as many reps as possible with that system. And if the gold cup is a big deal, and if the Nations League is a big deal, we're going to have our guy in place by the time that this starts. No, nope. I, I actually think they are so terrified of him screwing that up that they were kind of like, let's just avoid having, having the head fu- coach until we get to we get through it. And then afterwards, we can be like, all right, great. Here's our new guy. Even if we lose and crap out and yeah. we're terrible. Well, it wasn't the new guy. The new guy's going to give us new hope. Jesse Marsh flamed out of the gold cup fired. Yeah, right. You're not going to do that. And then I do think maybe something happened with Jesse Marsh where suddenly they're like, oh, maybe he, we can get the deal done now. And then it, it petered out, and now they're just stuck. So whatever. B.J. Callahan will lead us to glory. Huzzah. Go, go, USA. Yeah, that's it. Uh, we'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk about a U.S. men's national team player who is looking to be on the outs in Chelsea as they get a new manager. Details on that and more coming up next. You're listening to Bona Beam United. follow the show on twitter at bone beam united you can also follow us uh, on your podcast app uh bone and beam united is the podcast let's just search for that wherever you get podcasts if you're listening on the radio thanks for tuning us in and not turning it right back off we th- which i wouldn't blame we, we appreciate the fact that you're still wanting to stick with us and listen a uh, little bit of housekeeping for those of you who have longtime podcast listeners we this is episode 199 mm-hmm. so next week by order of 
the way things work with numbers, that, that should be episode 200. However, we would like to do something for episode 200 that is, you know, special for the podcast listeners. It's maybe a little different than our thing we're putting on the radio where maybe we can like swear and whatever. Have so, fun. Yeah, a little bit more fun than than what we have on the radio side. So we're going to figure that out. But we are probably going to put something out next week that will be episode 200. But we will probably do another thing after that that will be a little more uh, what you would expect from Bone and Beam United when we're goofing around. My my combativeness to this was just listing next week's episode number as 201 <laughs> and saving episode 200 for a later date. My wife yeah. has a math degree from The Ohio State University. Yes, and you you wanted to just math skip our it. way out of 200. Yes, just skip 200 but we can't and we'll skip save it. that. The funny thing is you're going on vacation after that. Yeah. And then so we're going to have like a natural little break in the action. So I don't know what we're going to do for episode 200 yet, folks, but we'll figure something out. <laughs> As we always do. Been doing this podcast for five years. We will figure we'll things figure out. Figure it out by the seat of our pants at least 20 minutes before we record it. <laughs> That's what I know. Um, so the, the news out of Chelsea is that mm. Mauricio Pochettino has come in and is now going to be Jesus. the guy. He's got a two-year deal. They, they got him back, got him back, got him back to England, I guess. Um, so he has a lot of things that he does and does not want to change. Mm-hmm. One of those things that he wants to change before we get to the U.S. men's national teamer is Jao Phoenix and him too. Jao Felix is dead. Jao Phoenix related to Joaquin Phoenix. Phoenix. Uh, yeah, it's Joaquin's Phoenix. brother. Why did I say Phoenix? <laughs> Felix, yes. Uh, so he was he was on loan, right, from Atletico? Is he that how he was it? on loan from Atletico? Right. And do you have the numbers in front of you? For, oh yeah, yeah. I have I have it here. It's uh, it's the it was the most ridiculous. He was one of because he there was a huge loan that was paid. He averaged for Chelsea. This is from Football Tweet. Four million pounds per goal. <laughs> 750,000 pounds per appearance, 12,000 pounds per minute, mm. a loan with no option to buy. Is he the worst loan of all time? He's up there. I don't know if it's the worst loan of all time, but that is pretty up That's there. pretty awful, man. That's, I mean, Chelsea, we know, spent a lot of money in bad ways over the last 12 months, but that's one of their worst, uh, one of their, I mean, just one of the worst partnerships that ever has happened in Big time soccer it's between the, crown, the Portuguese it, it the, International and Chelsea. It was the crown jewel, I feel like, of the Todd Bailey era so far. That I yeah, mean, that, yeah, this is the defining screams, move of that defining move of that era. You're that right. Screams exactly what this has been mm-hmm. for Chelsea and Todd Bailey. Yeah. Um, so it says, and this is from uh, the Atletico president, uh, who is Enrique Cerezo. He says the news that we received yesterday is the new manager doesn't count on him. Talking about Felix at Chelsea, mm-hmm. we don't have anything planned. He is an Atletico player for now. <laughs> it's amazing to think too, because it's not like he's a bad soccer player. He's a really good soccer player. It's it just did not work out in Chelsea at Chelsea. And maybe it would have next year if he came back. Sure. But Poch is coming in like no, no chance. So the crazy thing about this, and I think it was last week when we were talking about Tottenham and you know getting rid and trying to find a new manager and our guy, I don't even know what his name was. Uh, who didn't leave Feyenoord. And oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever, whatever, that, whatever that guy's cares. name was. Yeah. Arn Svensson. Ar- Arn, Arn, Arn Anderson, Ar- yeah. former, <laughs> former wrestler. So I looked up the the just the list of Tottenham coaches. They have burned through a lot of them since 2019. Okay. All right, so Poch left. 
Poch left to go to PSG, right? Right. Went, left to go to PSG, and then the whole Tuchel, like, it, that was a mess, too. But anyways, these guys are hired and fired. After Mauricio Pochettino left in 2019, Jose Mourinho took back took over at Spurs. Mm-hmm. That seems like five lifetimes ago. I forgot all about that, but yeah, you're right. And then you had Ryan Mason, who was the interim guy yeah. who just coached this past year, right. who also got a look to be the permanent coach before they moved on to Poch, or I guess that was Chelsea, before they moved on to who they're looking to be their new coach, and we have no clue who that's going to be. And then you had Nuno, Espirito Santo come in, yep. and then after that you had Conte, and then you had Cellini, and then Mason come back again. Jeez. That's they been found, they that's have been, been a disaster. That's been craptastic, man. Yeah, a couple big London clubs that should be way better than they are with the and resources the crazy thing they have. Is that Chelsea has a Champions League in the past three years. I know. This is it's hard to believe how far they've fallen off. With and, Thomas Tuchel, who is now coaching at Bayern. <laughs> <laughs> this is soccer, man. Soccer is just so funny to me when we talk about. Like how many times have we seen with, if you don't follow other sports than soccer, you watch the NFL, you watch uh, college football, major league baseball, NBA, NHL, name your thing, right? We have seen so many times where fan bases are like, well, that guy can't be the coach anymore. He's terrible. And he's there for two more years, two more full calendar years before they get rid of him. And yet in English premier league soccer, it's like that guy had six bad weeks. Get the F out of here. (laughs) You're gone. You're dead to us. So some were wondering with Mauricio Pochettino coming in for Chelsea, Mm -hmm. does that mean something's changed with Christian Pulisic? The thought was before the winter transfer window, he was going to be loaned out with the option eventually to move him on. But then he got an injury. Hey, Christian Pulisic picking up an injury. We've never heard of that before. Mm -hmm. Don't worry, though. He's going to be the number one thing you're going to build the U.S. men's national team around. Other guys get injured. They can play five minutes and then we're going to see how they do. But Man, Pulisic, we got to count on. Okay. Anyway, Christian Pulisic injury, that prevented him from getting transferred out from Chelsea at the window. So now likelihood that he will not be just transferred or loaned, he will be a full-on transfer probably. And that's not – and so the thought was maybe Pochettino comes in and says, hold on a second. I like this guy. I want him to stay. Uh, No. (laughs) He came in here and said, I hate this guy. I want you to leave. Yeah. So he was a 58 million pound signing from Borussia Dortmund in 2019, 12 months remaining on his contract in Chelsea. I mean, they have to reduce the amount of wages that they owe these guys. Yeah. They have to, um, they have to move some money around. And I would assume he's on the books for 13 million a year, which is not their highest contract by far. I mean, but it's, it's a contract that they don't need. And and it's a guy that they are probably well, looking you're at doing saying that for 25 guys. Well, yeah. When you've got the amount of, and they've got so many forwards and, I don't, I just don't actually play a position. Right. So I think Pochettino is probably looking at like, who of these guys can I just shuffle out and say, I don't know what to do. I don't see a vision for you in my system. And he's looking at Christian Pulisic and saying, that's probably the case for you. Maybe it's not that maybe it's more, I have a vision for who I want and it's not you. And it's just these other people over here that aren't even on the team yet, but that's who we're aiming for. But I, I think I can use some of the capital you'll bring back when we transfer you. That might be a thing. So we'll see. Um, disappointment for Christian Pulisic at Chelsea. I mean, I was certainly high on his chances there. I thought he would do 10 goals a year. It's big time disappointment for me. Yeah. I mean, you pay 60 million for a guy who is injured. And when he comes on, he's giving you some great moments, like giving you some moments of brilliance, but those, and I feel like that was early on in his Chelsea career. And really the last 18 months for him has just been like kind of ghost mode. Yeah. I, I, I feel that right. way. Anyways. Well, I feel like between the injuries and then the lack of, 
you know, the different managers falling yeah. in and out of favor with them. Uh, supposedly Juventus are looking at transferring him in for a $20 million fee, mm-hmm. which he was 58 million. It was three times that the last time he got transferred. So tells you where he stands. He's only 23 years old. Still I know. so much soccer ahead of him still. And obviously the U S men's national team for our hopes, that's a big deal that he goes somewhere and can actually get back to being who he is supposed to be. But um, we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. We'll keep an eye on it. Juventus certainly has their, you know, U.S. men's national team pipeline established now with Weston McKinney mm-hmm. being there. So that might be a good thing for Christian Pulisic to head there and deal with that pressure in a, in a different place than where he's been the last few years. Uh, we'll take a break when we come back. We will talk about more England soccer. We'll talk about decision day and what happened and where we stand after all the dust has settled. That is next. You're listening to Bone Beam United. you can follow us on twitter at bone beam united don't forget if you're listening to this on the radio we will have the crew taking on colorado right after this show airs so make sure you stick around for coverage of that with chris dorn he will be doing the live broadcast meanwhile let's talk a little bit about decision day beamer mm. um now i didn't get to watch a lot of this live because i was out at the indy 500 but it was uh, a good day for soccer as it always is decision day is always a lot of fun i think there's always some drama with the relegation battles my leads that I had adopted, boy, they didn't show up. Kiss of death, man. I know. Every you are, time. You are the kiss of death. Which is why next year I'm adopting Manchester City. You and neighbor Eric. As, as my team of destiny. <laughs> Let's see if I can really bring this curse. Let's see if it happens. That would be terrific. With everything I, they've got on the FIFA <laughs> financial play, fair play and breaking the rules. Yeah. If they just get a... 85 point points deduction yep. right at the beginning of right the year. at the beginning that'd they be may awesome still find their way out of relegation maybe yeah. they probably could um but here's the deal uh we have got with this uh leads went down they lost four to one to spurs so yeah. terrible and lester beat west ham two to one didn't matter though did not matter pretty cut and dry if everton could get a win that is all that matters and yeah. everton did win one nil they saved themselves they are one of two top flight teams in England to never be relegated. Everton. Ever. Are, ever. Who's the other one? Arsenal. Never been relegated? Never been relegated. Well, I don't know about never, but once they have gotten, it's been like 80 years for Everton or 70 years for Everton and like 90 years for Arsenal. Oh, that they've been up and stayed up. Yes, stayed up. I'm not going to say never relegated. Right, right, right. I understand. But you're saying like they have a streak that's longer than either Manchester United yeah. or anybody else. Yep. Wow. Liverpool. Them, All those teams. Yeah, them and Arsenal. That's an un- unbelievable number. I didn't realize that. And the Everton, you know what? I've always thought, I've thought highly of Everton from the standpoint of, I know their fans are dedicated and passionate, and it sucks to watch them go through this right now. I know Liverpool fans would disagree with that, but yeah. this is not for you, Liverpool fans. I'm just saying. You've had enough in the last five years. Yeah, I think you're holding it over them pretty well. So I, I relate to the Everton, the Evertonians, and I know you've got Roger Bennett who can always be your yeah. celebrity Evertonian. <laughs> yeah. You don't need me. He's actually a... They an said, actual please fan for them. God, do not take on Everton next no, year. No, 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 I will not. Yeah. Don't worry. I'm not going to, I wouldn't do that to you, Everton, not not in a million years. But what I would say is I I a little bit relate to you as a fan of Sunderland now watching Newcastle flying yeah. yeah, and wanting no part of that rivalry right now. Although I would love to see Sunderland be back up sure. in the Premier League. They are not. I don't, I don't really enjoy the fact that watching a rivalry be that lopsided when you're on the other side of it, right? So I feel for the Everton fans who have to watch Liverpool 
and just go, oh, God, there they go again. 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 And I, not that Liverpool had their best year. Uh, yeah. But they, aren't getting, they weren't at risk of getting relegated. You didn't want to hear about that. They're so Thursday nights in Europa next year. but I feel like a little bit for Everton fans, if anything, you might have a little bit more glee, joy, happiness, whatever, than Liverpool fans do right now. Yeah, I bet I'm more elation at least well i'm saying i don't know from about the sense, joy but like well right oh my not god over, think what could have happened to our club we could have been, been down for the big drop and we're losing out on x amount of dollars that we've been used to and now players are going to leave and academy players aren't going to want to play here like x things x y and z like you have relieved all of that you still have an opportunity next year to stay up in the premier league you have an opportunity with a good transfer window like everything is still ahead of you and if you were to get relegated and I mean, the fact that Liverpool had a miserable season, they still finished top five. They finished fifth. They're going to Europa. Like, okay, their expectations to where yours were, you survived. What I'm saying, right, is that Liverpool probably looked at the season initially and thought we could be comp- competing certainly for a Champions League spot yeah. and maybe outside chance of Title. winning the Premier League. Yeah. And now you're a team that's not even making Champions League, which bums still better still yeah calm down manchester united we can, we'll get to you but still better than clearly what everton's been through but everton was looking you know not death in the face but yeah for a premier league team and especially that streak you're talking about which i didn't even realize that's a lot to be staring down so now the fact they don't have to deal with that until next year well yes but it's a new hope it's yeah. that hope of hey, we actually have a chance to maybe crack the top 10 next year, and who knows, change some things around, do better in the transfer window if we do this, this, and this. Right. Our, our thing could be totally different. Liverpool sitting there going, all of our guys are getting older, not younger. We didn't make Champions League this year. Hopefully we can make it next year. But you see what Newcastle's doing. See what Manchester United suddenly has gotten their act together a Brighton. little bit more. Brighton is suddenly a Villa team to a deal team. with. And oh, by the way, Tottenham and Chelsea were god-awful by their standards this year, especially Chelsea. If either of them sorted out in the transfer window yeah. this year, that's another team that's going to be tough to Arsenal's go against. Arsenal's not going anywhere for no. a while, it Arsenal's seems. got a good base now, it feels like. City's and definitely not going anywhere. No, right. I'm saying, like, you. I, I feel like the hopefulness of making a run at a top, like, Liverpool, I feel like your chances of winning the league anytime soon are dead. Maybe that's it for everybody. And they've they've done that. They did it. They did, they did it a few it. years they ago. They did it. I'm just saying, if you want to do more with this window of time where you have these great stars, and that window may be closing. Everton's looking at it like we just got fresh life breathed back into our lungs. We just moved into a new house. Yeah. We could start all over. And and the new beginning thing might be a little different for them. And I think that feeling for Everton fans could be a little different than what Liverpool fans are dealing with right now. Maybe I'm wrong. Liverpool fans, I'm sure, will tell me I'm wrong, and that's fine. I think it's, I, I think it's a good point, though. Yeah, I think that the, that new hope you have when it's like we stayed up, we thought we were good and relegated. Now we're not. Any everything's on the table. You know, it's like you you, you go to college for your first day. It's like I could be anything I want. Look at all these classes. You don't know. Yeah. I mean, maybe you'll go and just. Do gen ed for two years and and eventually just get some crappy degree in a job you hate. That may be where you are, Everton. You may still be there. I'm just saying the the future is open to possibility for you now. Liverpool seems a lot more stuck in what they have to do. Motivational speaker, Jonathan Smith. Hey, just trying to keep you going, trying to keep your head in the game. So that was a that was a disappointing run for my Leeds team. I didn't really properly give them their send off, but. I know, like guys like Brendan Aronson, a few of the other players I mean, there. Weston have... McKinney was like already back on a train to like Juventus. He was like, all right, yeah, now. <laughs> yeah, As, yeah. That was all done. 
Brendan Aronson, I believe, has a a sell-on clause that if they go down, he gets out of there, I think. I think we'll imagine that most of their guys Most do. of their guys do. So, and the yeah. wild part, too, is that when Jesse before Jesse Marsh was fired, Leeds was never in the relegation position at all for no. the entire time that Jesse Marsh was there. No. They were close, but they, I mean, they were Flirting. certainly in the battle, but they were not technically in the spot. So maybe not the best decision to get rid of Jesse Marsh. Maybe he could have kept you up. He did it last year. Right. That was why he was still with the job. So I, you know, I'm sad for Leeds fans, but I also know that Leeds fans will soldier on. And how about too the crazy thing that like Lester winning a championship, winning a title oh, I know. in the last decade. That's gutting. And then I know, man. Well, and I, yeah, and that's that story. I'm not to bring the whole thing down, but wasn't the guy who owned the team yeah. and ran the team killed in that helicopter yeah. crash? Yeah, I mean that was like a a horrible thing that happened within a few months after. I want to say they won, yeah. or maybe a year or two after they won, and obviously they moved on from their manager right out. Like the next year, they fired that guy. Like it was just so crazy to think that you could have that great story. It, it still, I think, underlines just how one in a million. Or one in a billion right. that thing was. That was an unbelievable run for Lester. And it sadly now seems like that era is over. The Jamie Vardy success, that era, that's all that's all gone. Interesting to see too if he continues to play down there in the championship or Yeah. Does he just become that guy who sticks with the team through yeah. thick and thin, stays the whole way throughout the rest of his career? We'll find out. Lots of uh, decisions to be made after decision day for Lester and Leeds as they as they move down to the championship. Uh, we'll come back. We'll take a break. Manchester United in the FA Cup final. Everyone's rooting for them because why would who else are you going to root for? <laughs> That's not because they like you, Beamer. That's because who else are they going to root for? Talk about that coming up next. You're listening to Bone and Beam United. So uh, the, this is going to be a little bit of old news by the time you hear it. But if you're, listening on, the, if you're listening on the radio, right, depending on if you're listening on the podcast, listening on the radio, this is one of those weird deals where we've got the dual audience thing going. But Beam, of course, is a Manchester United fan Saturday, June 3rd, which, of course, for many of you is the Saturday you're listening to this on the radio. That is when Manchester City and Manchester United square off mm. the Manchester Derby for the FA Cup. First time ever. Really? Yeah, first time ever that they have played for a title against each other. I did not know that. Yep. I would have assumed in all the many years, but that's and whose fault is that? Not yours. It is not. It's Manchester City's fault. Well, most right. of the, most of most of the existence of these two clubs, whose fault would that probably be? It's that probably would... the team that wasn't as good. And then in the last 3 years, they've racked up 3 straight Premier League titles and next year they could become the first team ever to win 4 straight. Well, I think it the, if we were going to make a shirt and I would even co-sign on this. Anybody but City. Anybody but City. That's all. I mean, that's that's. I will be rooting next year for anybody but City to win four straight. Just because I'm a hater. I don't want to see. Too. I don't want to see streaks. You're a Manchester City hater because yeah. you're a Manchester United fan. But I'm just saying, you would not want to see it if if Arsenal reeled off three straight. I wouldn't want to see them win a fourth. If United reeled off three straight, you would you be. Would, you I would. I would. I would be rooting against you. Of course, yes, you would. I would. Because I'd be like, you had three but in a row. What does Herb Brooks say? Not today not today <laughs> not today out of 10 they might win nine not tonight so manchester united manchester city do square off for the fa cup yeah uh this game may have already been played by the time you hear this but how do you feel about their chances Bean? i feel like i'm gonna get hit in the 
in the face by a sack of bricks. <laughs> I mean, that's that is kind of how I feel about it because for so long throughout this season, Arsenal had that title. I mean, they just had the two hands on the trophy. Yep. And then they started to draw games, and then they started to lose games. And I remember doing a show bone like after the like after the World Cup, and I think it was three weeks like into the restart of the Premier League, and it's like, hey, Arsenal. You might want to wake up and not start yeah. like dropping these yeah. points because before you know it, City's going to be on your heels. And then all of a sudden, whoosh, like here they come. And then even before decision day, like it was already sealed, like City yeah. had already won yeah. uh, the title. But I get very nervous in these games. And it had been a while since United had played in a cup final. And then they played in the Carabao Cup final against Newcastle. And I was like, oh, my God, like I'm nervous for this. This is a stupid competition. Like yeah. the Carabao Cup final, this means basically nothing. But, like, I was nervous about that. And then United went on, and they won that. And if you look back in the first year of Eric Ten Hag, I think it was a great success. Like, got rid of Cristiano Ronaldo, which I think takes some pretty big stones to be able to have much of a public dispute yeah. uh, as you had with a player of his caliber. And then to still be standing and, like, not get fired and the team rally behind you and finish fourth. So, already, I put this in, like, win of a season right. for me compared to expectations. Like, you got a trophy. You beat City, you beat Liverpool this year, you beat Arsenal, like, you did those things. Now, you got hammered against Liverpool as well, which was horrible. Yes. But I would consider this a big win. So, I don't know if I'm going in with house money, like you ask me at 10 a.m. on Saturday, like 9.30 a.m. on Saturday, how am I going to be feeling about this? Like, I'll probably be sick to my stomach and very nervous and have a bad feeling that Erling Holland's going to score like 100 goals yes. in the game. But I'm feeling all right about it because I don't think – Anybody wants to see City win anything more. No. And so I feel like I feel like the good vibes, I feel like the positive juju like might might be on United's side for this one. Okay. I'm uh I'm gonna not try to be totally realist with you here, and I'm gonna be a supportive friend and say, sure. <laughs> sure. Maybe they're at maybe they're they're just all hyped up for we've got trying to win a bigger thing. It's a ma- winning mean, a champions league would be a, a much bigger thing for them. It's a Derby and it's the first time it's ever happened. The FA cup final, which I think is really neat. It's really cool. But at the same time, like it is stupid as this is going to sound like it is kind of David against Goliath, like United. I know like everybody's going to like bat their eyes and like roll their eyeballs at me. Like, look at what city have done in the past. Like, well, three months. I think that's just, you saying one, how great city's been over the last few years. And quite honestly, I think to your point, Manchester United has not had a lot of success recently. So this is something that you can't replicate. We have nothing else to play for, but this Correct. You can't replicate that. And you can't replicate the fact that you are the only English team to do the treble. Right. And city right in front of you with an opportunity to do that same exact thing. And you can control one aspect of it and can, ruin can, that chance. You can control that. Yeah. Now here's the other side, Manchester city. And this is not just Manchester city. This is every competitive professional player of sports that I've ever met, which in this job, you meet a few of them, yeah. right? If you tell someone who is a professional athlete, there is a competition to see who can get to the mailbox at the end of the driveway quicker. They will desire in that instant. They will say, I don't care if I die doing it. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to lose this. Yeah. Right. So that's what makes, I'm not saying that's every player. That's most of the players I've ever met. That's most of the athletes you watch on TV. That's how they're wired just a little bit differently. So while we do talk about how Manchester city has, 
Premier League already won. They have Champions League to go. FA Cup final may get lost in the shuffle a little bit. It's a chance to go out on a given day and stop the other team from winning. Yeah. Everybody on Manchester United is going to feel that way. Everyone on Manchester City is going to feel that way. Difference is Manchester City has better players. So, a lot better players. A lot and, better players. And a lot more of them. Right. I'm Right. That's what I mean. And, like, a, they better, just, and a better coach. Right. Who, sure. for all intents and purposes, has ruined the game. Right. Right. Sure. <laughs> he has. But it, he's ruined it in his favor. Yes. So that's what, that's, what, that's what you want. You want to ruin it in a way that allows you to rack up wins. But all I'm saying is it does seem like this would be Manchester United has everything to play for. Manchester City has lots of things to play for, which is a difference. But all that goes away when they blow the whistle and you're in between those white lines for 45 and 45. And then Erling stoppage. Holland puts five goals on you. Right. Like, because he's not looking at it as like, well, next week I got to do this again. I don't no. know. He's looking at it as today I can go out here and annihilate this dude right in front of me. Yes. And you know what? He's right. He's right. And he's, he's going to and he's he, going to do that. And he very well may. So that's that's what you're looking at. I wish you the best of luck, Beamer. I don't I don't think it's going to go well. So and by the time you're listening to this on the radio. City will have won the FA Cup 5-1. <laughs> right. But at least we had a discussion about it pre that. We did. In case it and didn't And you happen. knew my hopes were so high. Yeah. So what's your, is that your prediction? 5-1 for City? Yeah. That's your official prediction? That's my official prediction. You know what I'm going to say in the hopes of a really good game? I'm going to say 3-2 to Manchester United. I think it's going to be, other than my 5-1 prediction, I think it's going to go to penalties. Mm. All right. Well, we'll find out, or you already did. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week on Bowdoin Beam United.